Welcome to Living Water Radio. Did you ever lose something valuable like your cell phone or something important to you like a family picture or something significant like a relationship with a loved one? What would you have done to get it back? Today, we're going to see how we are all those things to God. My name is Pastor David Burkettall. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is an ordained minister focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, I'm serving part-time in Monterey Park, California, maintaining our yard as my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the more than 100 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. We are retired clergy and have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience between us. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. We'll be remembering some things that we lost this coming Sunday on the 21st anniversary of the attack on the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center in New York on September 11, 2001. We lost thousands of people, our sense of our internal national security, the personal cost of three wars in the Middle East, the way we raised our children, and many more. All those things are being restored, but it will take something else for us to be found. We get a glimpse of that in today's main reading in Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Jesus is walking through the villages and open country north of Jerusalem. He will soon make his triumphal entry into Jerusalem before he will be arrested, tried, and give his life for the sake of the world, and then take it back again. Crowds numbering in the thousands are coming out to hear him, and the religious authorities are upset with what he is saying and doing. They are even upset over his choice of dinner companions, and it's not hard to see that they have a point. Haven't you heard it said by someone who deeply cared about you that you are known by the company you keep? Even Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. But the Pharisees' criticism was based not just on concern for Jesus' reputation or even on his character but on what huge sections in what are called the purity laws in what we would call the Old Testament. They are laws designed to keep the people of Israel a particular people, God's people. That and how they understood and apply those laws is where they got it wrong. The story begins with Luke chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. The opposite of pure would be sinners. Why would any respectable person eat a meal with them? The Pharisees wondered. Jesus saw sinners differently. Jesus saw them in a situation like the singer Janis Joplin described with the words, Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. With no righteousness of their own to claim, they couldn't do anything but depend on the grace and mercy of God. They welcomed that message of Jesus. The Pharisees thought that they could earn their way into heaven by keeping the law. The gospel of Jesus is that we were... We all sin and fall short, but 
that God has come to save us by paying the cost of our ticket to heaven. God sees people as sons and daughters to be redeemed, so he seeks them. Jesus shows an example from the experience of a shepherd, a part of the people's everyday experience. Notice how often some form of the words joy and rejoice appear, starting with Luke chapter 15, verse 3. So he told them this parable, Which of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Notice that the shepherd picks up the sheep and carries it home. There is no action on the part of the sheep. Shortly before my mother died, she sent all her children a copy of a poem that was new at that time, but soon would be found on the walls of thousands of Christians' homes. It was about a woman who had died and was walking along the shoreline with Jesus. She saw her whole life played out on the horizon as they walked. The farther they walked, the more of her life she saw until it ended. Then she turned back and looked at the distance they had traveled. She noticed that there was only one set of footprints across from the parts of her life that were the most difficult, and she asked Jesus why it was that in those times he had abandoned her. Jesus replied, Daughter, those were the times when I carried you. Many years later, I saw an updated version in a cartoon that had one panel with Jesus speaking to a tearful figure saying, My child, I never left you. Those places with one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you followed by another panel with Jesus saying, That long groove over there is where I dragged you for a while. We who are estranged and lost from God cannot find our way back. We are sinners, and sin separates us from God. We need a Savior. God takes the initiative. God comes to seek and to save us. To repent means to turn around, to turn away from the direction that is killing us and toward life in Jesus Christ. We cannot do that when we are still separated from God by our sin. But God is not indifferent to our condition. Jesus seeks the lost, and all the hosts of heaven are filled with joy when we repent. Then Jesus tells another parable with the same structure, with a woman at its center. Notice again how often some form of the words joy and rejoice appear, starting with Luke chapter 15, verse 8. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The whole heavenly host rejoices when one sinner repents. They jump up and cheer. They raise their arms. They do the wave. I read a story recently about a Chinese boy named Guo who was taken from his parents' front yard by human traffickers in 1997. He was two years old. 
His parents were distraught. His father, Gu Gantang, began to search for him and traveled on foot and by motorbike, ten of which were damaged along the way, for 24 years, covering 310,000 miles through 20 provinces. He spread flyers with his son's picture and story on them. He flew a banner from the back of the motorbikes with his son's picture and information. He had accidents, suffered broken bones, and was attacked by robbers. He spent his and his wife's life savings. He slept under bridges, and he begged for money. He helped 100 other families find their own kidnapped children, but could not find his own child. His story inspired a movie, Lost and Love, in 2015 that starred Andy Lau, a major star in Hong Kong. Then, in July 2021, the police, using DNA testing, found his son. Guo was working as a teacher in another province, 400 miles from his home, where he had been sold as a boy. Suspects in the kidnapping were later arrested. TV crews were there when Guo and his family were reunited. Can you imagine the joy of those parents who had been looking for their son for 24 years, who had sacrificed everything and had not given up? They did that for their beloved son. The Christian message is even more unimaginable. God loves us so much that he sent his only begotten son and sacrificed everything that we might be united with him forever, that we might have the relationship for which we were created at the beginning of time restored. God loved us even when we were in rebellion against him. This is the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel, the glory of the cross. We have heard it and received it. How now do we share it? How do we invite the sinners, the overlooked, and the despised of our time to receive the good news? I answered an ad in a comic book when I was in sixth grade that told me that I could sell greeting cards door to door. Of course, that was in another world. One of the many things that I learned was how many people were just lonely. One of the first things that we offer is the sense of community that we repentant sinners receive with one another in Jesus Christ. When someone says to me, I don't go to church because they're just a bunch of hypocrites, I reply, then come on in. There's always room for one more. We are no better than anyone else. We are forgiven by God, and we live the way we live in response to that gift. People need to be accepted, but more importantly, they need to know that they are forgiven, that they have been put right with God. God accepts everyone as they are, especially people who know that they are sinners, people who need a Savior. But God never leaves us as we are. We are, each of us, no matter who we are or what we've done, valued by God. God makes of us a new creation. We are born again. We are loved. This is God's nature. This is a message that we are privileged to share with those who most need it today. One of my favorite examples of this comes at the end of a 2007 article about the early 20th century evangelist Amy Semple McPherson in the New York Magazine by John Updike. Sister Amy, as she was known, was a pioneering and popular figure in the United States. Her life was filled with success and scandals. 
She founded Angelus Temple in the Echo Park District of Los Angeles and the International Foursquare Church denomination. She at one time fled the country. Charges against her had been dropped in L.A., and she traveled to New York. She went to Texas Guinan's popular speakeasy. Fun fact, Whoopi Goldberg played a character named Guinan who ran the bar on the Starship Enterprise in Star Trek Next Generation. Sister Amy entered the club in a yellow suit and furs. A reporter called for her to speak. The proprietress agreed, and Sister Amy calmly walked to the center of the dance floor, smiled, paused, and said, Behind all these beautiful clothes, behind these good times, in the midst of your lovely buildings and shops and pleasures, there is another life. There is something on the other side. What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? With all your getting and playing and good times, do not forget you have a Lord. Take him into your hearts. Texas Skinnan walked over to Sister Amy to the applause of the crowd, put her arm around her, and stood there to the ongoing ovation of the clubgoers. Who do you hang out with? Who do you know who needs life transformation? What sinner in need of forgiveness, real hope, eternal life? Hang out today with Jesus and invite someone to do the same. There's always room for one more. Today, let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to either of the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments, questions, and concerns there as well and we'll respond to every one. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated to open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Pray about it and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune into the worship services they have available and support your church with your time, your treasure, and your talent. Pray for and support your pastor and church leaders as they seek to do God's will for your congregation. If you are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody, contact a friend or a relative, Google a local or national hotline, reach out. There are people around you who will walk with you through this dark time into the light. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly, avoid crowds if you can, and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. But most importantly, get your vaccines and boosters. It's the one thing you can do to literally save lives and get us back on track. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with. Everyone you meet today struggles in some way. Be a helper and encourager. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, 
and a way to thrive together as we move into the new normal. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated. Stay hydrated.